0: worship we've already encountered. This morning we're going to continue our series on more like Jesus. And as we know to be more like Jesus, we need to know what Jesus was like. We need to know how he responded, how he, he uh, did things. And the book of of Mark is actually a a great book to be discussing that because Mark really looks at the actions of Jesus more than the words of Jesus to see what Jesus did and and how he was responded. He uses the word immediately a lot. And so we've been looking at that. And the last time that we we, uh, were in the book of Mark, we looked at how he responded to opposition and division, which was very adequately uh, appropriate for the day that we live in. Today, I want us to really look at Jesus, and it follows right up in chapter 3. And I think it, we, we may get done with the book of Mark sometime around Christmas at the speed we're going, but there's so many good things about Jesus, we don't want to miss them. And into today's chapter, as we look at the Scriptures, we're going to be looking at how to respond to personal attacks. Anybody here ever been personally attacked? Anybody here ever been called a name? Been called something that, that uh, hurt your feelings or made you feel bad or, or caused you to be sad? You know, isn't it funny how people will make labels for us? Labels such as this. Dummy. <laughs> Stupid. Stop pointing at your wife, Brent. (laughs) I called you out, brother, right in front of everybody. Useless. How about ugly? You ever been called ugly? Have you ever called yourself that? Can I just make a point real quick? These names are not necessarily about what other people say to us. Today's message is going to be about what you say to yourself when, when you start labeling yourself this way. When you begin to attack yourself, and people may call you a retard. Or how about an airhead? Idiot. Here's a funny one. My wife calls me this a lot white boy. <laughs> Especially if I try to dance. Well, that one fell off. Four eyes. How about this one? Liar. Lunatic. We often be we are often given all kinds of labels and names that's thrust upon us, and we are called names, and it oftentimes will affect us in different ways. We'll respond emotionally. We'll respond with anger, sometimes depression. But how did Jesus respond? Was Jesus ever called four eyes? Well, I don't think he wore glasses. We never see where he was called ugly when it came to his appearance. But the Bible does say that he wasn't a man of great handsomeness. We always picture Jesus as the most handsome man on the block. And the reality was, he probably wasn't. Stupid, retard, dummy things that many people have labeled us and we have labeled ourselves, useless. These labels will stick with us throughout our life and they will make an impact that will cause us to respond in different ways to different people. Today we're coming to a time when Jesus was called names. Today there are a lot of name calling going on and not enough of people actually having conversations. A lot of people are being called idiots, dummies, narrow-minded. Jesus was called a liar and a lunatic. For us to respond appropriately to how He responded, we must wonder, how did He respond? I can tell you this, the old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will... That's a bunch of baloney. Put some mayonnaise and bread with that, and call it a sandwich. That is, that is a lie. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will stick with me for the rest of my life and hurts. Amen? Particularly words when we're called things. I remember as a young child in elementary school being called names. It still affects me today. How I was pushed away and said, I walk like a duck. Names hurt. How do we deal with this in a society and in a culture and in our life when this name-calling seems to be a normal thing we see? You cannot watch hardly anything on TV without names being called. What do we do when we are personally attacked? when we are called names, when we are accused of things and labeled something, especially when we're doing God's will and we're trying to follow after Him. Well, let's dive into this chapter today, Mark chapter 3, and let's, let's look at what we can find about Jesus when He is called names. I think you're going to be surprised at the first audience of, that we're looking at who called Him names. Mark chapter 3, beginning in verse 20. God's Word says, "...and He came home, and the crowd gathered again, to such an extent that they could not even eat a meal." Now, I want you to imagine this picture for a moment. I, want, I need you to picture this in your mind, that Jesus has come into a house, probably Peter's house that we see earlier in Mark. He, is, he has come into this house, and so many people, and He's become so popular with some people, that they've labeled him the great healer, the miracle worker, the one who can fix my problems. And there's so many people that's gathered around him, they can't even eat. Now, can I tell you something? That was not a Baptist church right there. Because Baptists love to eat. Amen. Dr. Jackson, I see you shaking your head back there. Yeah. These people got around Jesus and the disciples and they could not even eat. They could not even have bread because there were so many and they were pressing in so hard upon Jesus. Verse 21, when his own people heard of this. Now, who is his own people? I want us to stop there for a second so you can understand. When his own people, that is his own family. His mama, his brothers, probably some aunts, uncles, other people related to him. When his own family heard about this and all that was going on with Jesus, they went out to take custody of him for they were saved. I want you to look at what it says. Hopefully you've got your, your God, God's Word out, your copy in front of you. Because look at what his own family was saying. He has lost his mind. He has lost his senses. He is a lunatic. He's crazy. There's something off with Jesus. Now, some may project that they said that out of concern. That Jesus was was so popular that He wasn't being able to eat, He wasn't being able to take care of Himself, and they were concerned about His health. But as you read on down, and we're going to jump down to, to verse 31 here in just a second, we're going to see it's more than just care. Because Jesus responds in a way that lets us know that they weren't just concerned about Him having something to eat. Look in verse 31. Then his mother and his brothers arrived, and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. They didn't even go in. They sent someone else to go in and tell Jesus, hey, we're out here, could you tell Jesus to come see us? Verse 32. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. That sounds nice, doesn't it? That his family has come looking for him. But then it's very peculiar as we see how Jesus responds, and we have to go a little bit deeper to understand this response. Verse 33, answering them, not just the one who brought the the request, but answering to his mother and his brothers, Jesus says this, Who are my mother and my brothers? Looking around at those who had gathered around him, Jesus said, Behold, my mother and my brothers... For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus redefines the spiritual family as not just someone who is born into it, but someone who actually follows God's will, has a relationship that obeys God and does His will. But I don't want us to miss the fact that Jesus is not dismissing His natural family. What He's doing is He's saying there is a level at which we must focus beyond our natural family. His family was calling him what? A lunatic. His family, the personal attack, his family called him a lunatic in Scriptures. He was crazy. And we can see Jesus responding, and His response is very clear. If His family had been there for the right reasons, I'm sure Jesus would have gotten up and gone and spoken to them. But understand this. Jesus' half-brothers that was with his mother, did not believe Jesus was the Messiah. They thought he was white, a lunatic. They thought that he was crazy. His very own family called him names. And there are people listening today whose very family, whose mother, whose father called you useless and not good enough all your life. There are people listening today that long to hear their dad say, I'm proud of you. These names hurt. And I want you to notice, Jesus did not respond by attacking back and tearing his family down. He just simply defined his family as those who were around him who was following God's will. Second thing we see here about personal attacks is go back up to verse 22. The scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed of Beelzebub, and He cast out the demons by the rulers of the demons. What are they saying? Here's what the influential leaders were saying Jesus is a liar. His family called him a lunatic, and the influential leaders were calling him a liar. Because Jesus was proclaiming, he is the Son of God, he's the Messiah. He he was telling the demons, don't tell nobody I'm the Son of God. He knew who he was, and these people are saying, you are a liar. You're not from God. Jesus, do you understand, was called names. A lunatic and a liar. People today still call Jesus and those who follow Him lunatics and liars. But what did Jesus do? Did Jesus turn around and look at them and say, well, you're a bunch of dummies? Did Jesus have to tear them down to lift Himself up? Did He have to look at them and see, how can I penetrate their life so that I can rip them apart so that I will be Higher than them. That is not how Jesus responded. But that's how many people respond, is it not? When we're called names, what do we normally do? We turn around and call other people names. But here is Jesus. He's accused of being a lunatic. He's accused of being a liar. And he responds this way. And he called them to himself and began speaking to them in parables. He said, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, the house will not be able to stand. If Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but he is finished. But no one can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder this house. Truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven the sons of men. And whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. Because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. I want you to understand the heart of what Jesus is saying. You're going against the true identity of who I truly am. This blasphemy is against the Holy Spirit. Notice in verse 29 and 30 what Jesus is saying. You are saying that I am filled with the devil, that I am a disciple of of, of Satan, that I am casting out Satan by Satan's power. And Jesus is saying, How dare you attack the Holy Spirit? How dare you attack God? That is an unforgivable sin. Jesus did not have to tear them down just so that he would look better. He was the Son of God. He understood who he was. The problem today is we don't understand who we are in Jesus Christ. We think Jesus is only there to make us get to heaven and feel better. We think Jesus is only there to to make us look good. But let me tell you something, my friends. Jesus is there to set us free and to set the captives free and remove the the power of sin, death, and hell from our life. We need to walk in that identity that the Bible says that we're saints, we're holy, we're royal. But uh, unfortunately, we walk in the identity of being useless, being an idiot, being stupid, not good enough. When Jesus Himself understood who He was, He did not have to defend Himself, but He defended the Holy Spirit that lived inside of Him. That, that identity that was in Him, that Holy Spirit that was guiding Him, that Holy Spirit that descended on the day that He was baptized. and John was there and it came down like a dove and it empowered Jesus to walk fully as a man. When they attacked that, Jesus did not rain down fire from above. He simply defended God Himself and focused on Him and not Himself. That is key for us to keep in mind. All of this that we think is about me, isn't necessarily about me. Listen, there's a guy named C.S. Lewis who wrote a great book called Mere Christianity that speaks directly to this passage we're reading today. And as he writes in one chapter, he is talking about Jesus and who He is and how people are saying, well, Jesus is a good man. They're calling Jesus a good moral teacher. Well, being a Christian is okay. I mean, you do good things. You know, Jesus is all right. But listen to what C.S. Lewis says here in chapter 3 at the very end. I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. And they actually were claiming and saying he was a lunatic, his family. And they were saying he was possessed of a devil. C.S. Lewis goes on to say, You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something else, something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about His being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Jesus was not a liar and He was not a lunatic. He was the Son of God. He understood who He was. He understood His mission on this earth. And He brought to us that same idea that we can understand who we are. And when we are attacked and called names, we can respond like Jesus did. So I want us to really become more like Jesus. That's what this whole series is about. How did Jesus respond when He was called names? Well, here's the bottom line. And I want you to write this down because this is so important. Keep personal attacks focused on God and not on you personally. Do you hear me? Here's here's a big secret. Keep personal attacks focused on God and not you personally. Because that personal attack comes at you. The devil wants to penetrate your heart and mind and bring you to a place where you will miss what God has for you. And he can do that through personal attacks. But when you refuse to give in to that tactic and say, listen, I'm going to keep my mind and heart focused on God and who He is, who I am through Christ, and not be defined what other people say about me, then you can win a victory over the evil one. Let me tell you today, if you're a follower of Christ, there is an enemy that's got his sight set on you. And I hope and pray he has not already got you to a place where you're useless for God. I pray that you are useful. So many people here in this church are so ingrained and busy and doing things for the Lord. And you're helping people and you're telling people about Jesus without fear. Amen? We are doing stuff that gives glory to God. But unfortunately, sometimes the damage has been done with the names that we have been called. And we shy away. We back away. So Jesus has is, is been declared a lunatic by his family and liars by the influential leaders. And Jesus responds not from a personal trying to defend himself, but he keeps it focused on God the entire time. When he responded to his family, he talked about the spiritual family. Around him. When he responded to the idea that he was a liar. He wasn't who he said he was. That he was possessed by demons himself. He focused it back on God. He focused it on the Holy Spirit. It's not easy. What Jesus did is very difficult. Because when somebody calls you a name. It hurts and bothers you. Does it not? Man. And I will tell you. 1 Peter 3.9 says, Do not repay evil for evil, or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. The devil wants to destroy the work of God in your life, and he will use other people to do it. Because he understands that we desire the acceptance of others and their opinion. And when someone decides to call us things that we are not, it hurts. I imagine Jesus and how Mark put this together. Mark is trying to get across that Jesus wanted people to understand more about the Father. As you look at his responses, he wasn't trying to, to bring the attention so much to himself as he was the Father and the Father's will and God's will. That's how he ends up verse 35. He says, For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Do you understand today that you are part of God's family when you do the will of God? Maybe today you have found yourself in a position where you've lived your life and there's some names that has been called of you and you've responded in a very negative, bad way. Usually it is in the midst of conflict when we become emotional that names start being thrown around left and right. Divorce is the worst place for names to be called. I mean, it is just left and right. Some labels describe exactly what we have done. And it was wrong. The thing that we did. And sometimes we've done the right thing and we're still called things. Labels are placed upon us. Jesus was doing God's will. He was in the center of God's will. He was performing what God had called Him to perform and do. And yet He was called names. So do not think that when you're called names... It's something Jesus didn't deal with. I'll never forget, as a little boy, being called names, my handicap, and I had these special shoes on that were black, and I didn't get to wear tennis shoes when I was a kid or go buy my shoes from a store. I had to get these specially made shoes that had a piece of metal in the bottom of them. And I walked on this metal all the time, and it hurt. And I remember one day, there was a ball that was rolling by us and I wasn't the most athletically gifted person in the world either. And I was just going to kick it. And I took my shoe and I went to kick the ball and I missed the ball. And I kicked the kid right in front of me with my shoes and it was like a hard boot. The kid let out a scream and did not like me very much at that moment. I was called names and rejected. And I had things that, that pointed to me being different. And it hurt. But I'll never forget what my mom taught me to say. I don't think I fully understood it then. But I'm going to explain to you how it really impacted me. My mom said, Son, when they make fun of you, you look at them and say, Well, they made fun of Jesus when he was here, too. Go ahead and make fun of me. Here's what that did. That took this little boy, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and let me know I was not by myself when someone called me a name. I was not alone when I was rejected. That Jesus went through the same suffering as I did. And that because He went through it, I'm sharing in that same suffering. And for some reason that I can't truly, fully explain and eloquently with the English language, but for some reason, it helped. It helped me take a deep breath. And I want you to know, I told a few people that. I looked on the train and I said, well, they made fun of Jesus when he was here. Go ahead and make fun of me. Had a much heavier country accent back then. Some kids would look at me like I was crazy. But I could have confidence in knowing I'm not suffering by myself. Jesus went through the same thing that I'm going through. They called Jesus a liar. They called him a lunatic. His own family. But you know, the beauty of the story is that later on, these same brothers that thought he was a lunatic became followers of Jesus Christ. There is a book by the name of James in the New Testament. That was one of his half-brothers. And when you read the introduction, James never mentions anything about being the half-brother of Jesus. Same thing with you. His own family made it into the New Testament writing some letters. James was a leader of the Jerusalem church. And when James spoke, everybody listened. The half-brother of Jesus. Who at one point, at this time in Jesus' ministry, said, He has lost his mind. So how are we going to respond? What are we to do? What must I do? Well, I believe the very first thing is we need to repent of sin ourselves. Jesus says in the very last thing, if we are to be part of His family, He says, whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister. I don't know who this is for today, but if you've called somebody a name, or you have responded with someone calling you a name, or can I even get very personal and say, if you've called yourself these names, you need to repent. I'm just going to put it black and white to you today. If you are calling yourself these kind of names or someone else is calling, and you have responded in a way of tearing others down, or if you're tearing yourself down, repent. That is not what God's called you to do. That's not doing God's will. Those who do the will of God is part of His family. They are part of His family. So today... Repent of sin. The problem is sometimes we get so blinded by our hurt and our pain that we don't see it as anything wrong with it. One person said this, You know you have gone blind when you see nothing wrong with something God has called sin. Tearing other people down by calling them names, that is sin. That is not being more like Jesus. We have to remove the labels that we stick on people. And we have to remove the labels that we put on ourselves to make ourselves look better than others. We must walk more like Jesus so that when we are called names, we respond in a way that glorifies God. Doesn't the Word of God say, in everything, do it to the glory of God? When we are called names, we need to glorify Him. And the first thing we need to do is repent of the sin of doing that in our own life. Sometimes we begin to believe the lie and repeat the lie to our own self. We're not good enough. The second thing is pretty simple. It comes from verse 35. Obey His will. Obey what He has said. Be more like Jesus in the way that we live, in the way that we interact, in the way that we treat ourselves. Let us be more like Jesus. The bottom line of this entire passage is this. (laughs) To be more like Jesus, keep it focused on the Father and not yourself. Even when it gets personal, keep it about Him and not yourself. That's the bottom line today. That's what Christ lived for. Let us walk to be more like Jesus. Will you bow your head and close your eyes today And as Gina comes to play? I want us to really examine our hearts. Over the next seven days, I'm going to challenge you to encourage someone. To encourage someone in a very positive way. That's your seven-day challenge. But you know... Maybe the Lord is telling me right now that somebody needs to encourage themselves rather than tear yourself down. Maybe that person that you've been saying negative and ugly things about or to, you need to encourage them this week. Suck it up. Be more like Jesus. And respond like He did. God wants to make us new and fresh. He don't want us simply responding as our flesh, but responding as the Holy Spirit leads us, guides us. Today, if you do not know Jesus, if you do not have that relationship with Him, you are not part of His family. So I implore you and I beg of you, today will you ask Him to forgive you and take over your life. Ask Him to receive that gift. Today, will you simply acknowledge you have messed up and just simply say, God, forgive me. Take over my life. Today, maybe you're born again, and I believe this message was for somebody today. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're at home here If you're somewhere else in the world, I don't know, but I believe this message was for somebody today. That God impressed on my heart very strongly. Someone needs to repent of their sin, their mouth, what they've called people, what they've called someone. Maybe it's what you've called yourself. That I don't know, but someone needs to ask God to forgive them and to cleanse them once again. The Word of God says, for when we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will you do that right now? Let Him make you brand new. Father, we pray that you take this Word, that you penetrate our hearts, that you penetrate our minds, that you divide the joint and marrow of our soul so that we will throw off the power of the flesh and embrace the power of the Spirit of You in our life. Father, forgive us. Father, forgive me. Make me more like Jesus. In Jesus' name.